Do you have the correct maintenance model? Well, if not, you're going to learn how to get it on today's show. Now, this month we launched modules three and four of our maintenance technician course. And today we're going to play you a few samples from that program. James Leitner and I are first going to talk about the maintenance model, and then we'll dive into what a proper maintenance inspection should look like. Let's get into the show. Well, welcome back to the program. In this video, we're going to discuss the benefits and different types of maintenance agreement programs that you might be selling. Now, every company is different, uh, but there are a few common threads through all maintenance agreements, right? Maybe discounts on future repairs, discounts on future replacement systems, that type of thing. So what James and I wanted to do in this video is just talk about some of those benefits that we've seen in our own companies and other companies over the years. And just want to really encourage you to make sure that whatever the benefits in your maintenance program are, that you really study them and really understand them. Because if you're going to communicate them, if you're going to sell this program to homeowners, you got to kind of understand. So James, with that, what I'd like to do is just uh, discuss with you some of the various features and benefits of different types of maintenance programs that you've seen over the years in the industry. Uh, well, the first thing that I want to make really clear to a young maintenance technician and everybody watching these videos is maintenance is important. Maintenance is critical for the well-being of your client, for their safety, for efficiency. Maintenance is one of the few things that truly is a win-win. It's great for your company. It's great for you. It's great for your client. It truly is. So. We really need to have an emphasis on selling maintenance, selling service agreements. One thing about HVAC equipment is it rarely performs the way it was designed to, the way the, the according to the label on the box. So you, you might invest in a 92% efficient furnace and a 16.2 sear condensing unit, but you will rarely ever get that kind of efficiency. That system has to be finely tuned like a Swiss watch, and it takes a skilled technician, somebody with great skill, the proper tools to get the efficiency that was promised to the buyer. In addition to that, maintenance is important to get the equipment to last as long as it was designed to last. A properly installed uh, unit, really of any brand, could last two decades if properly maintained. So I think maintenance is a bit underrated and I think that uh, it's important to emphasize that in your company. Yeah, I think that's a great point, uh, James, because uh, people, you know, they understand the maintenance on vehicles, why that's so important. But for some reason, I guess because you can't really see the HVAC system, homeowners assume that maintenance is not a big deal. Well, it is a big deal, just like any mechanical system, parts wear out, you know, things go wrong. The other thing to remember is that many companies, including yours perhaps, may offer extended labor and parts warranties, up to 10 years in many cases. I know companies that offer 16 years parts and labor, right? These labor uh, and parts warranties uh, tend to only be in effect if the homeowner is doing the regularly scheduled maintenance. You have to understand the entire maintenance program, yes, it's to take care of the equipment, but it's also to build a customer base, you know, for our company. We have shoulder seasons, right? The shoulder seasons are when things are slow, when it's uh, 70 degrees outside in the fall or maybe in the spring, depending on where you live, right? Well, these maintenance agreements keep us busy during those slower times of the year. That's when we do all these maintenance. It gives us a chance to get inside the house and to look for other opportunities, maybe to improve the quality of life for our homeowners. So the maintenance is, is great for the equipment. It's also great for our company. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits. You know, uh, some companies will offer as a part of the maintenance agreement, 
maybe a discount on future repairs, maybe a discount on accessories, indoor air quality uh, products. I know in, in our company, each year, the homeowner gets $100 towards a new system. So over five years of maintenance, they'd have 500 bucks that would go towards a new system, probably some additional discounts as well. So James, what are some of the features you've seen like that and benefits in various companies, either your own or in companies you've consulted with? Well, if the company offers a maintenance agreement of some kind, and we really need to give it a, a proper name, we shouldn't just call it maintenance agreement, we should call it something that uh, has a more marketing flair to it and something that indicates what you're getting out of it, such as a safety and efficiency agreement. Oftentimes, you get priority dispatching, you get extended warranties. I know companies that offer a lifetime warranty on all repairs, a lifetime warranty. As long as the safety and efficiency agreement is current, then there is a lifetime warranty on those repairs. You, uh, of course, have a safety situation that should be on top of everyone's mind. When it comes to HVAC equipment, uh, especially a gas-fired appliance, there are potentials for danger there. And HVAC mechanics ought to be proud of the fact that they are in the safety business, they're in the efficiency business, they're in the preventative breakdown when it's not convenient at all business. So there's a lot to do on a maintenance agreement. But the, the benefits are peace of mind, better efficiency, longer lasting equipment, priority dispatching, discounts, possible lifetime warranty, um, and the list goes on and on. I think one of the things that's really important, James, as you mentioned, is the priority dispatching. I mean, stop and think about when your homeowner is going to have a problem with their system. It's going to be on a really cold day or a really hot day. All the companies are really busy on really cold days and really hot days. You can explain to your homeowner, listen, with our priority dispatching, when it's 100 degrees and if you have a problem, that's when you're going to have a problem, you're going to be first in line to get your system repaired. With other companies, you know, they're going to be maybe looking for the new system opportunities. They're not going to be looking, you know, for the basic maintenance and things that may need to be done to keep your system operating, you know, at, at the top level. So lots of different benefits. One of the things I think is really important is that your company most likely has some list, a sheet of paper, a folder, something that lists all the benefits of the maintenance program in your company. Study that list, right? Really understand it. You can't sell it if you don't understand it, if you don't know the, the, the benefits of each of these different things. And keep in mind, speaking of benefits, uh, in sales and communications, there's features and benefits. The feature is what it is. The benefit is what it does for the homeowner. So for example, James mentioned priority dispatching. That's a feature, right? So Mr. Homeowner, this maintenance agreement includes priority dispatching. Then you want to translate that to the benefit. The best way to translate that is just simply use the words what that means to you. So, Mr. Homeowner, this is your priority dispatching. What that means to you is that when your system fails on the hottest day or the coldest day of the year, you're going to be first in line. You're not going to be waiting long uh, like other customers, right? You got to be sure and translate the features into the benefits because the homeowner really cares about the benefits, right? The features are how we describe it. The benefits are what the homeowner really cares about. So be sure and study the features and translate the benefits for yourself right, in terms of how you can explain that to your homeowner, study it. If you don't understand something about a, a benefit that may be on there, go to somebody in your company. Again, you know, we, we make the assumption as a maintenance technician, you're probably in this industry less than a couple of years. So there may be things you don't understand. And there's no such thing as a dumb, well, that's not completely true. Sometimes there are dumb questions, but this won't be one of them, right? If you don't understand a feature or benefit, go talk to someone in your company. And by the way, 
go talk to the person who sells more maintenance agreements than anybody else in your company, right? Because that's the person that's going to know those features and benefits and how uh, you can in internalize them and also explain them to your homeowner. So with that, James, we'll wrap, wrap up the video. Just want to give you a chance. Any concluding comments on the different types of maintenance agreements? And you've talked a lot about how important they are, but whatever you feel like we need to wrap this discussion up with. I guess I'd say it like this. I started out as a, as a helper and a maintenance technician. And I think a lot of technicians, no offense if you're a tech and this doesn't apply to you, but a lot of technicians start thinking that they're, they're too good to do maintenance. But you know, if we get maintenance wrong, people can die. It's that important. We're that important. So if you're a maintenance technician, you are a very important person. At a minimum, you're improving people's comfort, reliability, efficiency. But again, you could be saving people's lives. I know I have saved lives. I've saved people's lives. How many people can say that? So be proud to be an HVAC person. Be proud to be a maintenance technician and take it very seriously. And I think that point was really made in 2020 during the COVID uh, pandemic. We were labeled and uh, tagged as essential personnel. I think that was a great thing for our industry. Really, we are essential to the well-being, the safety, and the comfort of our homeowners in our community. So understand there's different types of maintenance agreements. You need to find out the features and benefits, the one that your company offers. You need to understand those features and benefits. You need to master those. You need to be able to communicate those because that's how you're going to uh, sell more maintenance agreements, protect your homeowner, protect their equipment. And it's great for your business because you're going to have work when it's really slow out. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you in the next video. Until then, bye-bye for now. And we are back. Welcome back to the program as we continue our discussion of technology and all things that you need to be aware of in terms of your profession as a maintenance technician. We've been talking about products, been talking about terminology, been talking about a lot of different things, different types of maintenance agreements. One of the things that James really thinks is important, and I agree with him completely, is kind of talking about what does a basic maintenance inspection look like, right? What does that mean exactly, right? Does that mean you walk in the mechanical room and wipe off the furnace and walk out? Or does it mean that you disassemble the entire unit and put it back bolt by bolt, right? So I'm going to talk about, or James is going to talk about, because he's a technical guy, and, you know, really what that maintenance inspection looks like. So James, with that, just kind of discuss and walk us through what a routine inspection might look like. Okay. Well, I think the first thing is know your company's boundaries. Your company should have told you what is included in the type of inspection that you're doing. It's really important that you do everything you're supposed to do, but don't go too far. You typically want to follow a checklist. You might have a checklist that could be anywhere from 15 to 30 or more things, but you want to follow that checklist. Understand also definitions. One term that we use a lot in the inspection business is readily accessible. So we might have a checklist that says, we will clean your evaporator coil when readily accessible. It's really important to understand what that definition is because if you can't quickly get to an evaporator coil, you could easily spend three hours opening up the plenum, carefully moving the coil, getting underneath it and cleaning it. And you, you, you don't want to do that. You could break a refrigerant line and be in a world of hurt. So it's really important that your company define these things and you know those definitions thoroughly. 
there will be different levels of inspections that your company will offer, and we're going to talk about that in other videos. But I think the most important thing to mention is you should be following a checklist. You should understand the terms used in the checklist, the fine print, and uh, know your company's boundaries, Weldon. Absolutely, and most companies you know, will mark it. We have a 23-point inspection. They're going to have a sheet with those 23 points, or 53, or 35, or whatever uh, your company offers. The key thing is, as you go on to do your routine maintenance, your company will have the boundaries, as James pointed out, right? And you got to follow that list and just stay within that. I know some companies that, on every maintenance call, they literally require the maintenance technician to completely remove the blower motor, take it to the homeowner and say, look how filthy it is, take it outside and clean it, bring it back and say, look how clean it is, and put it back in, right? But that's a pretty extensive process. Many other companies say, no, uh, if we're going to do the blower motor, that's going to be an extra charge. So you've got to understand what the boundaries, parameters of your particular maintenance inspection are. The key thing to remember, and by the way, in Module 4, we're going to be talking a, a lot about what I call the mechanical magic, the conversation that's going to go on uh, during the course of your, your maintenance, you know, what interactions are you having with the homeowner, that type of thing. But the key thing here to understand is that we want to make sure that whatever that 23 or 35 point inspection is, whatever it is, you got to make sure that you're going list by list and going down and making sure that you're, you know, performing everything on your list at the same time staying within the scope of your boundaries. So that's a basic maintenance inspection. It's not a big deal. We just wanted to make sure that you understand it's different for every company. And if you've been a maintenance tech for one company and go to a different company, there may be different parameters. Really important to check with your company. See what the maintenance inspection includes, right? What are you guys telling people that, uh, that they should expect? That's the boundary that you want to stay within. So as we talk about more and more about the actual, you know, activity of performing this maintenance, again, we're going to talk about the conversations and, and the interactions with your homeowners, but it's very important that you understand you got to stay within the parameters of your particular company. So any final thoughts on that, James, as well? I think uh, one thing, one thing that I want everybody to be clear on Weldon is, uh, and again, it depends on your company, but oftentimes the maintenance technician is looking for legitimate repair opportunities. There are so many legitimate repair opportunities that you don't have to be dishonest and no one would ever want you to. There are so many problems out there and the better you get at being a true technician, the more problems that you will be able to discover. So. Maintenance is all about uh, getting the system to factory specifications as close as you can and replacing things before they become a problem. So uh, the idea is that you're getting better and better at diagnostics as you move up the ranks as, as a maintenance technician and you'll find plenty of legitimate repair opportunities. So don't feel under any pressure at all that you have to walk out of there with uh, an extra dollar. Um, it's easy to find things. Also, one last thing, there's all kinds of opportunities for indoor air quality. There are so many indoor air quality products that people don't even know about. People aren't familiar with UV lights and Wi-Fi enabled thermostats and things like that. Eventually, you get to a comfort level where you can talk about those things as well. And, uh, it, and the maintenance department can become very profitable when the maintenance technicians become more skilled at those things. And I think that's really important, you know, as James mentioned, as you get more experienced, your ability to, you know, uh, almost see in the future and to see preventative repairs that, that should be done. You got to understand in this industry, 
you get compensated, you get paid based on the number of problems that you solve for your homeowners. And the only way you can solve a problem for a homeowner is you have to first find it. So as you're going through your checklist and you're doing your basic maintenance work, you know, you want to have your head on a swivel, right? You want to be looking around and looking for other opportunities. Your job is to diagnose problems and recommend solutions. But you don't want to just walk in the, in the house and just, you know, stay within the scope of that 23-point uh, inspection. You want to look around for other opportunities, maybe do an inspection in the attic with the ductwork issues and insulation issues, or maybe talk to the homeowner uh, about indoor air quality issues. So, you know, while you're doing your basic maintenance and you're going down that checklist, you do want to have your head on a swivel, more or less, looking around for other opportunities, keeping your ears open for things the homeowner may say that may be indicative of some type of problem they're having with airflow or home comfort or something like that, right? But the, the bottom line is you're going to be doing your work, you're going to be listening for the conversations and looking for other opportunities. And in module four, we're going to get into the interaction that I want you to have with the homeowner during the course of that inspection. We'll be talking more about that. We just wanted this to be about, you know, making sure that you're fulfilling the obligations under your maintenance list but also be aware there's other opportunities, but you never have to go hunting too far for those. And I think that's James, uh, his main point, right? I, I use the grandmother rule. If you wouldn't recommend it to your grandma, don't recommend it to your homeowner. But if you would recommend it to your grandma, don't be afraid to recommend it to your homeowner. So that's the basic maintenance inspection. We'll be talking more about this in later modules. Until then, bye-bye for now. Now, I hope you all enjoyed that content from our brand new maintenance technician course. Now listen, if you and your maintenance team or your service techs haven't taken this course, make sure you do as it's the foundation for everything in the HVAC business, service, and sales course. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.